Did you ever feel like the system is rigged against you? Well, maybe it is. Welcome to the Boomer Casting Podcast. I'm your host, Tom Johnson. Even before we became a species that could reason, we fought over territory. Those territories were hunting grounds that we used to provide ourselves with food. And as we developed our and our ability to reason, we've recognized that the land is what provides for us. And throughout history, wars were constantly fought over the rights to these lands. It's why we have nations throughout the world. These nations fought and died to protect the land that fed their people. And so as you go through history and you learn about how we evolved and how we migrated, you find a, a direct correlation between that land and what we did and how we secured that land. And in the early days of man's existence, we had what was called feudal systems in which there were the, the aristocrats or the royalty that owned all of the land. And then the peasants worked that land to provide food for royalty and for um, the rest of the population. As the population grew, these wealthy people, the aristocrats and royalty, figured out that they needed to have people to manage all of these people and peasants out there who were raising the food. So they came up with a system of governors. Now these governors were given title to land. They didn't own it, but they got to use it. And it was their responsibility to collect resources and taxes from the peasants who lived and worked on that land. And in, in turn for their title, they had to send taxes back to the monarchy uh, in order to maintain their status. As we move past the Dark Ages, we soon were running into a problem in Europe where we were depleting the land of resources. And part of those resources was timber. The building of all of the navies that the English, the French, and the Spanish uh, had been engaged in for probably two or three centuries was creating a serious problem. They were running out of timber to build ships. They needed more timber. Most people think that the colonization of America and some of the explorations that were done to the Caribbean and South America was looking for gold and, and things like that, but that wasn't the case. They were looking for sources of timber. They needed to be able to have lumber to exist and to expand in Europe. And so the initial uh, settlements were geared towards getting that timber back to the European countries. And even to the extent that our history books have taught us that the American Revolution was fought over taxes, and yes, those did have a bearing on it, the real issue was the colonists and the people who were governing this land realized that the land was being stripped of its resources to be sent over to Europe. And they quickly figured out that if they didn't stop it, 
they would be doing the same thing to America that they had done to Europe. And so the revolution began under the pretext of taxation without representation and everything else that we've learned uh, throughout our country's history. When you look back at the history of some of the wealthiest families in America, a vast majority of them were granted land titles back as early as the 1600s. And so these families have um, accumulated wealth through the land that they were granted and have risen up to become major powerhouses even today. And those families were what we would call old money in Europe and they became new money here. Now, fast forward to the mid 1800s when gold was discovered and you have the gold rushes going on you had a new problem that the old world and the old money had never encountered before. You had ordinary people who were suddenly multimillionaires. This had never happened before in the history of man. And so these people uh, that were the old money didn't know how to handle it. And at first, anybody that was what they called new money was not accepted into the aristocratic society of America because of this. It wasn't generational wealth. It was wealth that they got just by pure chance. And it wouldn't be until the Industrial Revolution that this money was accepted into the aristocratic society because they recognized that with the advent of the Industrial Revolution, there was going to be a changing of the guard and they either needed to be on board with the changes that were happening or they were going to be hung out to dry. So they welcomed in the wealthiest of the wealthy and the power players, and that's how people like J.D. Rockefeller and Ford and families like that became wealthy power players within American society. So just exactly how does all of this have a bearing on your life today? Well, one of the things that old money knew, and this goes back to the Europeans and even before then, was he who controls the land controls the population. The greatest wealth building tool ever to exist on this planet was the ownership of land. And people know it. The people who run your banks and your large businesses, old world money, new world money, they all have the same thing in common. They have large land holdings. They know this is the road to wealth and stability and how they keep generational wealth being passed down into their families. And it's why those of us who are regular people who are not privy to this generational wealth continue to stay in this middle to lower income um, society because we funnel that money right back to these people. And it's the same people, for the most part, that have been reaping the rewards of our labors for hundreds of years. Now, there are some people who become fortunate enough through whatever the circumstance may be that they are able to break through that generational uh, barricade and become independently wealthy. But it doesn't come without a price. Most of these people get drugged through the mud in one way or another and have to defend themselves in order to maintain their status. And when you look at large companies today, especially the ones that are newer companies, uh, Alphabet, Apple, companies like this, a lot of them had issues either starting out 
or even today with antitrust lawsuits and, and governments investigating them, it's all a ploy to keep their power in check because the last thing that these money people want is for these businesses and these businessmen and these wealthy families to start taking control. The other side of that coin is the only way that you can keep a population under control is to control how much land that they can own and how they can use it. Even though we view ourselves as a free society and that we have all these laws to protect us and our land, the fact is the government can still take your land if they so choose. There are provisions built into our laws that allow for this. And it's there for a reason, because you have to keep population under control. You can't have people actually going out here and, you know, creating disruption within these, uh, the, the power control structure of these wealthy people. If you take away their power, then they risk losing everything that they've spent generations building. And they're not going to let that happen, at least not without a fight. Up until probably the late 60s and even more so into the, the late 90s when, you know, information became more abundant and the, the revolt against um, the old way of doing things took hold, they were able to keep us mainly under control through controlling the media and keeping us trusting of the government. But ever since Nixon resigned and the whole scandal that took place then, the American public has slowly but surely uncovered and unraveled all of the things that have been done since we became an independent country that kept that power in check. And so we're very suspicious of our government now as a result of that. And since you now have a population that, for lack of a better term, is now woke, to the underworkings of our government, you have to come up with a new way to control the population. You know, you can't have a population that is in harmony that could potentially disrupt, you know, centuries of power and money. You have to control that. If you're, if you're one of these families, then you know all too well what can happen if people band together and put you out. And we've seen it happen in history, not very often, but it has happened. And so the only way now that they can do this is by keeping us divided. And it's why you have a two-party system. You have to pit one ideology against another to keep opposing groups from coming together. And you, they will use pretty much anything that is a trigger mechanism to keep that divide there whether that be wealth, whether that be race, whether that be, you know, home ownership, you name it, that, that anything that they can do to keep the people divided is how they stay in power. And anyone who thinks otherwise is seriously naive. These people have been around for centuries. Their families have amassed wealth. They have profited off the backs of hardworking people, and they will continue to do so until the people finally come together and realize what's been happening and actually change all of that. And even though I think there are issues with how these people do things and how power is 
accumulated and controlled in our society, I don't know that there's a better venue for creating wealth than capitalism. The problem we have in this country is the ability for people to create that wealth is very much controlled by these wealthy families. So, it, you know, you're allowed to get up to a certain point, but it's very hard to get past that point. And I'm going to give you some examples as to how this happens. Number one is your Social Security that you pay in is taxed up until you make $125,000 a year. Anything above that is no longer taxed by Social Security. Now, there is also a provision with our income tax that if you go above $450,000 in gross earnings, you are no longer moving up into a tax bracket. So, you know, if, if the highest tax bracket is 35%, then that's the maximum you will ever pay, no matter how much money you make above $450,000. Another provision that indicates how well they've structured this game for themselves is passive income. And I've talked about passive income in podcast. But the reason that passive income is taxed the way it is, is because this is how they make their money. They make their money from rental properties, from investments that return dividends or increase in value. And so for them to maintain the wealth that they can pass down through generations, they have to have a tool that keeps them low in the tax brackets so that they're not giving the money uh, to government they want to keep it in their families. So you can start to see a pattern developing in how these people control you and I and control our money. Even mortgages, which is very hard to get a mortgage that's less than 30 years and that's done that way for a reason because they want to extract as much tax money out of you as they possibly can. And they understand how this all works through watching our behavior. We into the workforce in our early 20s um, and probably not really into a definite career, but that's generally where most people are going to get married. They're going to buy their first house. It's going to be small. Then they're going to work towards getting a larger house, growing their families. So they will sell off that first house and by their early 30s, they're into the second house. It's a 30 year mortgage. And so you're not going to pay that house off till about when you retire. And so they have spent all of that time from the from your age 16 until just about retirement age, extracting as much money from your earnings as is possible. And it's not an accident. It is by design. And they know that it is very hard for an individual to stick to a budget, live below their means in order to create their own wealth. They've known this since the advent of advertising. All you have to do is create that illusion of wealth and get people to buy into it emotionally and you can control them. And they have done a fantastic job of doing this. And people to this day, I mean, it's, it's why sites like eBay and Poshmark, uh, they all exist because people want to look like they have money even when they don't. So they're going to go to these places and they're going to buy these designer labels and designer items that make them look like they make a lot of money when they don't. Most Americans walk around with their head in the sand 
and are oblivious to how they're being controlled. And, and a lot of them, to some extent, don't believe they're being controlled. They think they have freedom of choice and freedom of this and freedom of that. And you don't. You have the illusion of freedom that they give you by allowing you to buy a small piece of property at an inflated price. They charge you compound interest on that so that by the time your 30 years is up, you paid, in some cases, double what you actually spent for that property in interest. And so they keep re reaping your monetary uh, contributions and earnings throughout the course of your life. The only way you escape this is you have to figure out how to build wealth yourself. And there's no shortcuts to it. There, there's only a certain amount of people who will actually have the discipline to do what it takes to accumulate that wealth. But it does take decades to get there. Now, you might be a lucky one where it just so happened that one of your relatives had a huge insurance policy and died and you inherited that and you were smart enough to invest it and you can cut that time down to maybe you know, 10 years. But by and large, most people, when they inherit money, they are going to blow it. It's the reason why 90% of lottery winners are broke within three years because they didn't earn the money. They were given the money and they blow it because they don't know how to manage money. We think that we're so smart that, you know, oh, if I just had a million dollars, I could be set for life. No, you wouldn't be because you don't know how to manage that money. You didn't earn that money. You're going to go out there and you're going to buy the fancy car and the fancy clothes and you're going to throw parties. And within a couple of years, that million dollars is gone. People who are smart enough to invest that money understand that by doing so, they're going to create wealth down the line. It's going to allow them to live their life independently. One can even look at uh, the advent of things like the 401k, the IRA, Roth IRA. And you have to wonder why your contributions are limited in these retirement vehicles. And the reason for that is they know it's going to take decades for any contributions you make to turn into something that would allow you to stop working. And they're, again, they are going to try to keep you working as long as you can to pay as much in taxes as you can. If you want to become wealthy in America, if you really want to have stable money that will last, then you really have to figure out how to buy and own property free and clear of any type of mortgage. You have to learn how to leverage that property to create income streams of passive income. And once you've done that, uh, over time, as you add more and more property to your portfolio, you start to learn the benefit of owning property. And you begin to understand why these people owned land like they did because that's really the only true way to create lasting wealth. The problem most people have with real estate is they only want to buy what looks appealing. People get into a comfort zone and they don't want to get out of that. If you really want to build wealth with real estate, then you have to go to where that real estate is priced in such a manner that you can pay cash for it. Because once you've rehabbed a property and in doubled or in some cases quadrupled the value of that property, you can now take a mortgage out on that property to pay cash for probably two or three more properties 
and use the income from those properties to pay off the mortgage on the original property that you own. And within a couple of years, you've got two, three, four, five properties that you own free and clear and do nothing but generate you income through being rental properties. Then there are other models that you can use that if you take and mortgage out each of these properties and get the cash value out of them, you can then take all of that money invested in a brokerage account and earn passive income from that uh, brokerage account while your properties are being rented and your renters are paying your mortgage for you. So you actually have no money out of pocket. You're paying off the mortgage, which is leveraged into your brokerage account. And let's say the interest rate on your mortgage is 5%, but you're generating 10 to 12% out of your brokerage account you're actually coming out ahead of where you would be if you just cashed the money out and used it. And this is what I would consider truly legally robbing a bank. I mean, it really doesn't get any easier than that. And no matter how you look at it, when you look at interest, if you're earning more than you're paying, then you're actually being paid to invest that money. You're being paid to create long-term wealth. And it's, it's a method that a lot of people don't understand, a lot of people don't do. They think that they need to own the property free and clear and just generate rental income. And they don't understand the, the whole concept of the passive income side of things and how they can leverage that property to make even more money than just renting that property out. Once you own property and you have passive income from that property, either through rent or through a um, mortgaged investment account, then it opens a lot of doors for you and you begin to gain freedom and, and control over your own life. And that's really where the value of all this is at. And, you know, there's, there's no other way to really look at things other than how you keep yourself free and how you live your life on your terms. And you're going to have people all along the way. They're going to tell you it can't be done. It doesn't make sense. It's, it's, you're not going to make money this way. But the numbers don't lie. I mean, math is the one true constant in our world. And when the math adds up, it adds up. And if you do things correctly and in the right order, there's no reason that within a very short period of time, you could be generating some serious income. And if I were a younger person, this is the avenue I would be taking. I would be looking at where can I go to buy cheap property that I can turn around within a matter of months and remortgage this paid for property and use that money to invest in a brokerage account and beginning uh, to earn some serious passive income. I will still do this moving forward. I just won't have as much time to build wealth as someone say in their 20s just because of my age, but I will be able to achieve it. I hope you enjoyed this segment, and I hope you will at least consider taking steps and actions to get yourself into a situation where you can take advantage of property and investments and really build wealth for you and your family. I hope that you've got some information you can take away from this, and I hope you share it with uh, other people, friends, family, and get people to think differently and understand the power that real estate has to change your life.